honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the SportsStuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Well, here it is. I'm back to talk about, <laughs> well, the NBA draft and, of course, to keep us up with the postseason as uh, one-sided as that is turning in both conference final situations. But for once, the NBA draft has smiled on the Minnesota Timberwolves because, as most of you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves will select number one overall in the 2015 NBA draft. That is correct. You heard it. You heard it exactly how I said it. Yeah, it's, it's finally happened, and yes, I know to 99% of you it's not news, but I'm not here to deliver news. I'm just still in, well, I'm pretty much in a state of shock, but I, and also in a, in, a, in a wonderful high when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and how can you not be excited to talk about this? I mean, number one overall pick in the draft? Shall I describe my feelings going through the night? Because Flip Saunders basically repeated himself on five different shows, Oh, yeah, my heart rate was uh, at this point, and then, and then my heart rate was a little higher, and then it kept getting higher, and then it kept getting higher, you know, and he kept saying the exact same numbers on five different shows. It was, as if, it was as if he was reading a script until he got to the Barrero show, which is the fifth and the best version of Flip Saunders, uh, because he was in the studio, and he just, there was just more to talk about than just uh, the same rhetoric. But uh, then again, hey, regardless if it was a script or not, it was absolutely wonderful, and I'm sure... The reason why he repeated it was because it was an awfully emotional moment. Um, you could just feel the emotion out of both of them. Glenn Taylor standing there with tears in his eyes. Well, the hint of tears in his eyes and just breaking up. He could hardly speak. He was just so stunned <laughs> and so happy it finally happened. And Flip Saunders, of course, was crying, was kind of crying for more reasons than just that because of his, his father's passing just a week earlier. Unfortunately, a Marine and a World War II veteran. Uh, and uh, Phil's father there, Phil, you know, Phil Flip Saunders' father. Um, unfortunate in that case, but, you know, it's just one of those things, obviously. Uh, not, nobody lives forever. Uh, part of my, my use of words there. Ultimately, just uh, a wonderful night for the Timberwolves, and I'll go through my emotions as well, since uh, it's <laughs> I've been around for... Uh, pretty much all of these, pretty much all the uh, the draft lottery BS for the Timberwolves. Of course, I did miss um, like the very first one when conveniently Mr. David Stern called the Minnesota Timberwolves the Minnesota North Stars. That was a wonderful feeling when we wound up taking uh, Felton Spencer. That was a great draft pick. And then, okay, we got the first ever Australia-born player in the NBA and Luke Longley a year later. I saw that one, uh, like the, the lottery leading up to that. It was disappointing where we picked and we... We took a guy who, well, 
great guy and a good player, and it's cool that he was the first ever Australian player, but certainly not worthy of the position he was picked, though he wound up being a valuable part of the Chicago Bulls on their second three-peat. But really, my history begins with the most painful and the most frustrating of all, the 1992 NBA Draft Lottery, because Shaquille O'Neal was available, as most of you know, maybe some of the, the youngsters don't really remember it, or... You just know it from history. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal was number one. Alonzo Mourning was number two. And Christian Leitner was the, cons- the consensus number three pick in that draft. And, of course, the Timberwolves were, well, supposed to be number one. And that was back when the number one team was more likely to get it. They kind of tried to make it more difficult for the number one team to eliminate tanking and all that. But at the same time, it was also more likely that a team out of left field was going to get the number one pick. Where... Uh, Two years later, the, <laughs> the same team that won the 92 draft won the 93 draft lottery with one lotto ball in the entire bucket. That was the Orlando Magic, and that pissed a lot of us off, and that's what changed a little bit of that. That, uh, yeah, you can't win the draft lottery with a 14th overall possibility, or 13th at the time, uh, so easily as the Magic did. That was some BS. Pissed a lot of people off. Okay, I'm getting off track. But with all that said, we had all these hopes with Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, and if we drop one spot, you still wind up with Alonzo Mourning. It was a pretty nice <laughs> consolation to Shaquille O'Neal and a defensive force, an offensive force. Yeah, he ran into kidney troubles later in his career, but again, that's one of those things nobody can predict. And of course, Shaquille O'Neal was pretty injury prone at times as well. So, I mean, those kind of things happen. But ultimately, both of them at least got one championship, ironically, on the same team, the Miami Heat. That figures. (laughs) It took Alonzo Mourning his whole career to get it, but he was wonderful. The most annoying part of all is that neither player stayed with the same team, that being Shaquille O'Neal with the Orlando Magic or Alonzo Mourning with the Charlotte Hornets. Hopefully that will not be the case for these two big men this time around, all these years later in 2015. And, of course, as we all know, when they went to the number three pick, you know, the top three picks, the first envelope taken out was the Minnesota Timberwolves, leading to all our frustrations, and we wound up with a decent, a decent power forward, not a franchise-changing power forward in Christian Leitner. And, well, all of you have your opinions on him. Ultimately, not a, not a fan of the guy at all. Um, nah. <laughs> His defense was mediocre at best. His offense was okay, and he was a mediocre to below-average rebounder for somebody his size. Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Mourning, yeah. Hall of Fame careers, especially Shaq with four rings and all the stuff he was able to accomplish, despite, again, being injury-prone. But this time around, the way the draft lottery was turning out, I felt good because here we go. There's no miracle team that's going to go all the way up. Because, obviously, if somebody goes up, oh, darn it. The number one team probably, most likely, is going to get pushed down, barring some type of uh, wonderful fortune along the way that they only wind up with a <clears throat> number two pick. And I'm seeing the logo of that team flashing on the screen right now here. <laughs> uh, as Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Finals is playing in the background here. Uh, but, <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting emotional right now again. But, yeah, the correct teams were showing up in their spots. So here we go. There's no 2008 Chicago Bulls or God knows whoever. You know, there's no... 2000, uh, 2010, no, 11 Cleveland Cavaliers who were supposed to pick significantly lower in the draft than what other teams, well, well, the Timberwolves at the time. There's nothing like that. It's like, okay, here we go. 
And then it goes to the moment of truth, the fourth pick. The Timberwolves survive all the way up to the fourth pick, or, well, nothing's changed up to the fourth pick. There's no miracle team. And then it's the New York Knicks, and, and I mean, ultimately, I'm like, yes, sweet, we're going to get one of the three guys. We're going to get we're going to get Towns, Okafer, or D'Angelo Russell. There's no doubt about it. But then it's like, oh, that's right. The Knicks were supposed to go number two, so that means the LA Lakers have moved into the top three. Crap. Here comes commercial break number 19, like I always joke about. And remember in the past, I was thinking, oh, wait a minute. It's going to turn out exactly like episode number 150 turned out in my little, you know, simulated draft lottery situation, which all of you have probably pressed the button a million times. Those of you that care about the lottery, me and me very much included in that case, uh, from ESPN's uh, lottery simulator machine. It's going to turn out exactly like that show, isn't it? Regardless of how many times they knocked on wood. It's going to be the Lakers number one and the Wolves number three, isn't it? But then the number three pick turned out to be the, well, the team was supposed to be. The Philadelphia 76ers. How cool was that? And then it's like, yeah, but we, yeah, we'll probably wind up with number two. But okay, well, at least the pressure will be off. We'll get one of the two big guys either way. I'd rather have Towns, but watch watch him go to the Lakers. And we'll wind up with Jilly Lokifer, regardless of who Flip likes or not, supposedly. But then, but then he pulls out the LA Lakers at number two, and then, oh my God, I just flew in the air out of the little <clears throat> inspection cubicle that I work in in the medical assembly department there, that I, <laughs> as I inspect in there. I just kind of jumped out of there and kind of fell to the ground on my knee, just like, oh my God, we won. We won. Oh my God, we won. I can't believe it. 20, 23 years ago, I watched them pick a Wolves number three in that draft. And now we just finally won it all. 23 years later, we finally did it. It took 23 years, but we finally got this damn thing beat. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Oh, And I just put my arms to the sky when I sat back down in my chair. Blew a kiss. Just did it. But, you know, did the, the motions where you put both of your hands on your lips and do a kiss and hold your arms up into the air as if confetti's coming down on you. That's what it would felt like, and it was fantastic. Yes, that might sound pathetic to most of you out there, including most uh, Laker fans might think that's pathetic. Old Vince Germano over there. But he's celebrating too, I'm sure, because they got the number two pick in the draft. And regardless of who the Timberwolves select, they're going to get, well, they're either going to get their their next great point guard in D'Angelo Russell, or they're going to wind up with Ogrefer or Towns. And I kept thinking, oh, great, watch. This is where the pivotal, this is where the future of the franchise is so important. So important. And I'm looking up at the miracle marker right now. You'll find out what that is if you're wondering what that is. I mentioned it on Facebook. We'll save that for segment number three. This will be, we'll do the shows as we always do, the three segments. Um, What was I leading towards? Oh, yeah. This is a franchise-changing moment for the Timberwolves. Yes, we already have Andrew Wiggins, and I'm extremely ecstatic about him, and I think he probably is, most likely, regardless of how great one of these two big men is, he most likely is the centerpiece of this franchise for long term because of his his ability to get to the basket, dunk on people, get to the free-throw line, get fouled or put it in via and one, or just beating people, or again, like I was saying, get to the foul line and make those all the above. <clears throat> his ability has... He has LeBron James type of ability. He's not at LeBron James level yet, of course. And and obviously, he's definitely, definitely not at LeBron James. LeBron James. Now I'm doing a Marcus forecaster. <laughs> LeBron James uh, strength level. So that's obviously uh, still something that's in, well, it's still in process. It's going to take time. Not sure he'll ever be as strong as LeBron James. 
or even has are certainly as great as LeBron James, but he has the the, the possibility does exist that Andrew Wiggins will be one of the great players in the next uh, for for the next ten to fifteen twenty years in the NBA, depending on how long he hangs around. Um, but ultimately, still a franchise changing moment and a potential history a, a history a pivotal point a pivotal point in history for the franchises of the Minnesota Timberwolves and LA Lakers because how do most NBA drafts turn out historically usually you're not getting two 10-time all-stars in the first two picks you might get one out of two and the other one might make the all-star game once or zero times Kevin Durant and Greg Oden and yes this was mentioned on other shows in town but not all of you are from town and, I mean, I approach it maybe differently than they did. <clears throat> maybe I come at it with more emotion because, you know, I'm probably, I probably care more about the Timberwolves than just about anybody in this town, to be quite honest, regardless of how much they want you to think they care. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> Pardon me. This is a huge opportunity for the Timberwolves to either have a huge success or a huge failure because not only, not only, is this an opportunity for the Timberwolves to have a franchise center slash big man, or maybe a franchise scoring point guard, which Marcus the Forecaster definitely would prefer at this point, but then again, he'll still take one of the two guys. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but it's the same guy I'm, you know, I'm favoring. But it's also a possibility that you take the wrong one, and the better one falls to the Lakers. Now, this is important, folks. Do you see what I'm getting at? Do you realize what this could mean? If the wrong guy falls to the Lakers, do you realize what that means? <laughs> that means the Lakers did it again, and they're back. They're back. And I mean back, back. They're, you know, they have Julius Randle, and odds are they may wind up with Kevin Love as well. And we'll talk about that again in segment number three some more. But odds are they, that they could wind up with Kevin Love. Very strong possibility. They will. They'll have to figure out what they're going to do with Julius Randle, Kevin Love, and Towns. But then again, that might mean D'Angelo Russell. But what if it's? But what if it doesn't turn out that way? And say the Wolves take Jaleel Okafor, and he ends up being a decent player. What if he's a Mecca Okafor? Like, oh no, oh no, where he's okay, and then the Lakers wind up with the next Alonzo Mourning slash David Robinson, which I think Carl Anthony Towns could absolutely be. That would really suck. <laughs> that would really suck if they wind up with a potential like 10-time All-Star like that. Because that means, again, the Lakers are back again. They're completely back in it again. They're going to be back making deep runs in the postseason, and the Wolves will be, well, we'll be all right, but maybe we'll be a 50-win team instead of a 60-win team. You have to take the right guy here. Absolutely. <laughs> the last thing we need is the Lakers back winning 60 games and going to the NBA Finals again. <laughs> And, and the Wolves being stuck with another wall. Another wall. You open the door and all you see is a wall. <laughs> that's an inside joke with Marcus the Forecaster. But that's not what the Timberwolves want when they make the playoffs. Is open the door and now you see a wall. You want to win a championship, right? I know a lot of people in this town have that loser's attitude that I freaking hate. Oh, I'll be perfectly fine if we win just 45 games and make the playoffs again. Hey, it's better than winning, winning uh, 16 games or 20 games. Yeah, it is, but <laughs> it's frustrating and painful going through season after season, losing in the first round of the playoffs, and and never, ever coming close to an NBA championship. 
except for that one-year run that, that completely, that quickly faded the next season. It took eight years to get there, too, by the way. <laughs> and then we started the 11-year drought from the postseason right after that. I don't want to go through that again. I don't. I want to win a championship so bad. I really do. Or at least be as close as possible to winning it. How about let's just win the damn thing, huh? Yeah. I don't even want to be the 90s Knicks who went to a couple NBA Finals. I, I want to be whatever it is. <laughs> I want to at least be the Miami Heat who got two championships or three in, the, in a lot of Dwayne Wade. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. Or how about just one, like Dallas? At least they got one. They have something to hang their hat on. And that's where this draft pick is so pivotal for the future of the Timberwolves. And to me, that guy is Carl Anthony Towns. Long story longer. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns should be the number one pick for the Timberwolves, in my opinion. That doesn't mean I'm right. Because, yes, Jalil, Jalil, as now I'm saying it correctly, Jalil Okafer does have the ability to score at a very, very high rate. He's got wonderful up-and-under type moves. He's a post-up type of guy. All that wonderful good stuff. It, it all just makes you wonder, though. It all ultimately does make you wonder, which one is really going to turn out better? Because Towns, I, I guess, is further away from reaching his top potential than Jalil Okafor at this stage. Is Jalil Okafor a safe pick who ultimately will be just a decent player? Maybe he'll make two or three All-Star games. And as Carl Anthony Towns, the next like superstar, is going to make 10 to 15 All-Star games. That's kind of how I see it at this point. And I, But when I hear people say, when I hear people say, you can't go wrong with either of these guys, come on, man, you know that's not true. It, it looks like it now, but look at the Antonio McDices versus the Kevin Garnetts, Rasheed Wallaces. Rasheed Wallace had a nice career, but he wasn't as good as Garnett. And at the same time, even Garnett didn't quite achieve what a lot of us thought he could have either. But there's so many, you know, so many pivotal times here. I mean, look at LaMarcus Aldrich versus... Uh, way back in 06, LaMarcus Aldrich versus uh, Andrea Bargnani. Bargnani will never even make the All-Star team. Now, LaMarcus Aldrich unfairly didn't make it for the longest time, but he ended up being a much better player. Regardless of how many All-Star games they make, (laughs) you want to take the better guy here. And again, I'm going to continue to say that's Carl Anthony Towns at this stage. He fits the mold of the future of the Timberwolves in a lot of ways with, with Andrew Wiggins. Trent Tucker argued that Jalil Okafor could possibly be the guy that fits better with the Timberwolves, but who's who's really to say? He he kind of started that way, and then he kind of leaned more to Carl Anthony Towns. It's it's tough. It it really is, and this is where Flip Saunders needs to needs to really continue the the streak he's been on to this point, taking Shabazz Muhammad and Gorgie Zhang after and passing on Trey Burke via trade trade down per se, ended up working out really damn good at this point. I don't think Trey Burke is uh, any better than Muhammad or Gorgi Zhang, considering you got two for one in that deal. Muhammad looks like at least a wonderful six-man, if not a starting small forward in the NBA, but probably six-man on this roster, depending on how we shape things up here. And Gorgi Zhang, at minimum, is a extremely good, uh, you know, sixth-seventh-man type of center slash power forward in the NBA. Maybe even a starting power forward, depending on how things go with these centers and Nikola Pekovic and all that. <laughs> yeah, lots of hypotheticals, lots of variables coming into this one. But Carl Anthony Towns' defense absolutely could be franchise-changing for this team, a team that's so desperate in need of defense. And a guy like Jalil Okafor, who you constantly saw beat 
in the lane. You didn't really see that many shot blocks out of him. You saw some, but certainly not at the level of Carl Anthony Towns. And Okafor, again, is more of just a regular finesse type of scorer. Towns is more powerful. And as Towns continues to fill the frame, boy, he's going to be fantastic. At this point, Jaleel Okafor is the bigger guy, but you don't really see the power that you see from Carl Anthony Towns, who, again, has much, much more athleticism at this stage than Jaleel Okafor. Again, it really depends. Is Jaleel Okafor truly another Tim Duncan type? Because he does have a bit of that. Or is Carl Anthony Towns a David Robinson? Hmm. And that's kind of who I think he's more like, actually. Even more than Alonzo Mourning at this stage because of that mid-range, two-range type of stuff, two-pointer type of stuff. But he also uh, posts up with some power and <laughs> and turns around some guys and, and dunks on them. And it's fantastic. I like what Carl Anthony Towns brings long-term to this franchise. Doesn't mean I'm right, and I'm going to continue to talk about him during the course of this month and such. I'll continue to do more and more research at this point. But again, at this stage, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy that I prefer. Let's hear from you guys out there on the Facebook page. Go into the Facebook search. Go into Facebook. Go and type in the search bar Minnesota Timberwolves, or excuse me, Timberwolves Explosion Minnesota Timberwolves Show. Type that in. You'll find it. Click on the one that says company, not group, and comment on there. And yeah, I, I got to hear more from you guys out there. Let's hear from you. I, I've, I've done enough talking about it for the time being, and I'll have more to say as things roll on. Because right now I feel like I'm just kind of rehashing the same stuff I've been saying. <laughs> I feel kind of funny, you know, talking about it at this, but at the same time, it's this is a history-changing moment for the Timberwolves, potentially. You don't want to look back and see what we missed out on. You want to look back and see what a wonderful, awesome day it truly was. May the 19th has been a wonderful day for the Timberwolves in their history. Not just this last Tuesday. Kevin Garnett was born on May 19th. And we got the number one pick on May 19th. And uh, now I'm blanking on what the next thing was. But, oh, that sucks. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Minnesota Timberwolves defeated the Sacramento Kings in Game 7 to go to the Western Conference Finals for the first and to this end of date, the only time in franchise history. So... Three of the greatest mom- three of the greatest things that you could mention for this franchise took place in that day. The fact that Kevin Garnett was born that day, yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, that's good. He was the best player out of the 95 draft. Again, Joe Smith, Rasheed Wallace, uh, Antonio McDyser, Kevin Garnett, hello. Hello. You know, so again, take the right guy, damn it. <laughs> Very important. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, uh, the Minnesota Rules finally getting the number one pick overall. And the first time Glenn Taylor ever went to the NBA draft lottery, he walks home with the number one pick in the draft. So, congratulations, Glenn Taylor. Maybe you should have done it more often, but whatever. We'll take it now, I suppose. This is the time we could uh, turn this team into something extremely special. Because if Carl Anthony Towns becomes what a lot of people think he could, let's call, let's say a David Robinson type. Imagine a David Robinson type with Andrew Wiggins becoming an elite scorer in this league an elite scorer, an elite defender. Maybe not as good as Kevin Garnett, but a very good to elite defender to go along with Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, and by the way, Ricky Rubio to ditch the, all the athletic guys. <laughs> See, that's the other thing right there. If if you're going to keep Ricky Rubio and not draft uh, D'Angelo Russell or make some other type of move, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy because if you have athletic players, you want a... A pass, a passer to the to the ilk of Ricky Rubio, getting them the ball. He's fantastic at it, fantastic at it. If you take, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think Carl Anthony Towns fits 
ultimately when you come with a Ricky Rubio and a, and a, and a Andrew Wiggins. I think it's just an awesome compliment. And imagine him with uh, Gorgie Zhang. And you bring Nikola Pakovic in off the bench to do some, well, Jaleel Okafor, I suppose. Not much defense and kind of pound the ball into the basket uh, with the with with the post ups and the and the baby hook and all that. And Jaleel Okafor does have a lot of baby hook to him as well, regardless if you <clears throat> like that or not. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, damn it, would fit better with the Ricky Rubio, especially if you're keeping him. So there you go, <laughs> there you go. It all makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And, of course, if you take D'Angelo Russell, you're not going to be taking Okafor or <laughs> Towns anyway. No no, no kidding, right? <laughs> so there it is. That's my thoughts at this point. Um, I suppose that's going to be where things are. I might as well just stop right now before I start rehashing things that I don't need to. We'll come back to segment number two, and we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs right after this. doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Towns or Okafor? Towns or Okafor? Or D'Angelo Russell? Which one's going to be the right guy? Man, if this is driving me crazy, just imagine what it's doing to Flip. And we are back. Here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Yeah, it's going to be the playoffs and all that, but, well, it's going to be kind of an extension of <laughs> segment number one for the time being because Forecaster has chimed in via text uh, to talk a bit, so he's finding his way back on the show a bit here, which is good news. Someday you'll hear his voice again via Skype or here in quote-unquote uh, studio. That would be nice. So, well... Here he goes again. I'm starting to to lean more towards D'Angelo because he was talking about Towns earlier uh, when he when he saw us with the number one pick. It's like okay, I guess it is Towns. Now he's uh, jumping back in again. He says, well, "Where did it go?" Yeah, I'm starting to lean more towards uh, D'Angelo. He says, "If he's a scorer, like they say, I grab him, trade Rubio, and hope that Payne, that being Adrian Payne." develops and try to grab uh, Willie Cauley-Stein somehow or another power forward who can block shots. I think that it's easier to find a power forward who can do what Towns does if we aren't going for a player with elite skill. Towns is a better Dia. Yeah, as in Boris Dia? Hmm, boy, that's a... Whew, that's an indictment. Not that Dia's a bad player, but... Yeah, he's not exactly making 10 All-Star games, is he? Wow, he's still going. Wow. <laughs> Heaven on silence, you're not hearing it. Um, 
better deal. I hear that the Nuggets are willing to trade players. Oki, <clears throat> Okafor, Okafor has a skill that can't be found easily. Towns may be an all-star, but there's way too many questions as to if it's all because the team he was on. Like most of his blocks were from the weak side because players were mostly, were mostly already, were, uh, I'm guessing, afraid of, yeah, Willie Cauley-Stein. If Russell can be our Curry at point guard, I'd rather have that and roll the dice. D'Angelo Russell, according to Marcus the Forecaster. That would be quite an interesting move. And, well, at the same time, think about the situation here. <clears throat> the two highest paid players on your team are Ricky Rubio and uh, Nikola Pekovic. So it's funny how either way you're going to have to make a move on the most expensive uh, player on the team or he's going to have to be he's going to have to rele- be relegated to a backup. That's tough. That's a tough situation regardless if you take Towns Okafor or D'Angelo Russell. So I suppose either way it's not really as weird I suppose but then again I think Pekovic you're more likely to be able to have him as a backup even though it looks really bad having a 65 million dollar backup center on the team, regardless if, you know, it's still okay. The backup point guard would be really tough, I think, with Rubio at $55 million. That'd be really, 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 really tough to swallow. Um, though I'm sure he's a lot more tradable than Nikola Pekovic at this stage. I would think, and it's $10 million less you know, throughout his contract. Forecaster's continuing from the roll of the dice. He says KG wants minutes anyway. Uh, and Towns is not a center yet, maybe in a year or two. Well, Garnett, see, that's the other thing, too, because I'm going to continue to extend segment number one, and I do apologize. Segment number two, I mean, really, the playoff thing is extremely short. We're talking just a couple games, and what am I really going to say about the Western Conference Finals anyway? I mean, it it sucks, okay? <laughs> no, it doesn't suck that bad, but game three really sucked. Okay, um, yeah, Garnett, uh, the Wolves are anticipating Kevin Garnett will be returning next season, that's true. One other interesting note that I wanted to get into on segment number one, but I got too far into the draft. Uh, the Lakers and the Timberwolves had a handshake agreement for Kevin Garnett back in 2007, which would have been Andrew Bynum uh, and Lamar Odom for Kevin Garnett. It was a handshake agreement in place that ended up falling through later on. Uh, Phil, uh, this is according to Phil Jackson, so very, very interesting there. Andrew Bynum with what he turned out to be later on. Hmm. Well. Hmm. And Taylor believed Andrew Bynum was going to be a superstar, so, well, ouch. Hmm. Yeah, uh, he was good, but look at him, you know. He's just another Greg Oden at this point. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah, that's the other side stuff. Forecaster's still chiming in. Wow. And I'll probably throw in some more if he continues. <laughs> There's no one on the team other than Zach who can hold the fort at point guard. And Ricky has been a turnover machine. At least Payne, KG, and hopefully AB can do something at power forward. <clears throat> yeah, uh, still, wow. Whew. Uh, I, I know that point guards are easy to, I know that point guards are easy to come by, but not guards who can shoot and pass like Russell. Yeah, Russell is a potential very, very, very unique talent. Yes, I, I do agree with that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be very, very fascinating to see where things go here. Extremely fascinating to see how things turn out. Mm-mm-mm. I'm thinking, yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Pain, I didn't see enough. I really didn't see enough to consider him as much of a much of a future, really, ultimately. Yeah, he can block some shots. That's good. He can rebound a little bit. His scoring really sucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, it sucks. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe he'll get better. But he seems awfully rough at this point 
D'Angelo Russell. I mean, it, it's all hypothetical. We'll see where things go. I'll probably be jumping back in throughout the show here if Forecaster continues to chime in, which I welcome greatly. Um, fantastic. Really happy to see him chiming in. Let's just get to the Western Conference first because it just sucks. Uh, okay, the first two games didn't suck that much. Yeah, I'll, I'll be fair about that. <laughs> they weren't that bad. It's just the fact that the, the Houston Rockets are down three games to zero already. Congratulations to the Western Conference champion, Golden State Warriors, because the Rockets aren't coming back and winning this series. Uh, no, they're not going to force a Game 7 and win it. So it was nice to uh, enjoy that wonderful comeback they had against the Clippers, but unfortunately the fact that they could not get the job done in Games 1 or Game 2 really sucks for them because they played very well in Oracle Arena. Extremely well. They actually led after the first quarter. They were carrying some of that energy into, uh, you know, from the, the whole Clipper comeback. They were riding that, that high. And unfortunately, it, uh, well, like most quote-unquote highs, there's always some type of a drop-off. And it's all a matter of how you handle it. There's always the crash afterward. You know, after your big-time energy drink or whatever it is. <laughs> your energy surge, whatever it is. Let's try not to, let's try to stay away from illegal drugs and into uh, stimulants. Yeah, it was stimulating victory over the Clippers. It stimulated the Rockets into a seven-point lead. And ultimately, it just all vanished, didn't it? It just all vanished. Yeah, it, it just vanished, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it, is there? Damn it. The Warriors came back, tied the game up, and took the lead, and they really never relinquished it after that. The, the Rockets kept kept hanging on, kept hanging on, but they just couldn't finish the job in Game 1, and they lose 110-106. to 106. Game number 2, the Rockets were getting beat most of the game, but then they came all the way back. They had a chance, and then they couldn't. And then you know the best player on the floor for the Rockets couldn't even get a shot off with uh, Clay. I for some reason called him Tristan Thompson because that was on my mind via the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So Clay Thompson, who is a good defender, Stephen Curry, who for throughout his career been questioned in that category, has uh, yeah uh, they shut down. They double teamed. Harden, because they, were, they knew that he was going to be the guy taking the shot, and he just had nowhere to go with it. There was not enough time. He pretty much had to shoot the ball anyway, so they were able they were able to take the risk of double-teaming a guy when only leading by one point. You know, there was no wide-open dunk or layup to, to be had at that point. Harden couldn't hang on to the ball, and despite a great game, 38 points, could not finish the job, and that was a huge shame. And this game, that, that play right there, I think it ultimately cost the Rockets the series, I think. And it's not because, I'm not blaming the Rockets completely, but that play right there was the turning point of the series. They probably just figured, screw it, we're, we're just not going to win now. I mean, bleep this. They come home, <laughs> they come home, the, the safe confines of, of Toyota Center, and it ends up being, well, <laughs> uh, everything but Toyota. <laughs> it ends up being an 80s Ford Escort. It just fell apart right away. It, it wasn't a Toyota. It didn't last it was just a piece of crap game that the Rockets were never in. I mean, just garbage, garbage basketball. It was the same crap that we watched against the Clippers. And, well, Dallas versus Houston in the first round and, and other series so far. Just garbage. Absolute garbage. 115-80. to 80. I have no comment. Just just a freaking awful game. And, and, and the look on Kevin McHale's face midway through the fourth quarter said it all. It was just that, well, this, is, this isn't going to happen, is it? It was, it was that look. It was the same look that uh, Tom Thibodeau had on his face in Game 6 at home for the Chicago Bulls as the Cleveland Cavaliers were rolling all over them at that point in time. As LeBron James and his Cleveland Cavaliers were really taking care of business despite the fact they have no Kevin Love and they've had no uh, Kyrie Irving really ever since. 
And boy, those Cavaliers are on a mission over there in the Eastern Conference, winning two games in Atlanta. They won two games in Atlanta. I mean, that's pretty damn awesome. Regardless how you feel about LeBron James, well, I personally enjoy him, and I think he's the the most uh, I, he's the guy I seek out more than anybody else in the postseason, even more than Steph Curry. Uh, those of you out there prefer Steph Curry in a lot of ways because you you just I, I don't know you're, you're tired of LeBron and this and that. And gosh, he's been to the NBA Finals four years in a row. He's he, he's going to go for the fifth time in a row. And boy, we're we're talking sixty Celtics range here. Five, five straight NBA Finals. That's got to be the sixty Celtics, right? We're talking like sixty Celtics, sixties Lakers here for LeBron James. That's pretty damn historical. Man, man, man. They won two games in Atlanta. Two games in Atlanta. And and they just, just the, the aggressiveness LeBron James played with the entire time. Extremely fantastic to see. And yes, credit J.R. Smith with his hot shooting. And yes, he's a streaky shooter. And he was on the right streak in game number one. 28-point game for him. Fantastic. And the Warriors, ultimately, I'll just go backtrack really quickly. All the Warriors have had to do, pretty much, to beat Houston is just do what they've been doing all year. I mean, you see what the Warriors do, I don't even need to comment on it. You know? They're aggressive, athletic. They attack the basket when they can, but ultimately they rely on their their extremely good three-point shooting, and it just has carried them all the way to, obviously, a Western Conference Championship, and they're going to be the favorites to win the NBA title. Regardless if if you're a fan or not. Uh, eh, I'm like a I'm, I'm a fan to a point. I don't like the run and gun as much as I like what LeBron James does. Like kind of the, the Jordan type of basketball. <laughs> or whatever LeBron is. It's like a it's like some of Magic, some of some of Michael. Yeah, he's more of a distributor than Michael, but you get the idea. I, I like the powering your way to the basket, dunking on people, hitting clutch shots a little bit more than threes, but then again the Warriors again, like I've said a million times, they they well, they go on a nice fast break and dunk on people. There's nothing wrong with that. So so they're preserving some of the game. J.R. Smith, 8 of 12 from 3, though. That was even more than, uh, that was, that was, uh, well, that's Clay Thompson, I guess. That's a temporary Clay Thompson for J.R. Smith. A streaky guy who often plays very well his first year with his new team, in this case, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're going to win the Eastern Conference Championship. <laughs> I had the Hawks winning in 7, and I'm going to be wrong about both series. <laughs> I was all bragging, thinking how smart I was. When when this when I like yep yep this this is turning out exactly you know the way things are the the way I predicted yeah it's gonna be a complete opposite here even though the Hawks are have a small lead over the Cavs right now nearing halftime in the in the set in the third game here but Cleveland is definitely closed on what was a ten point lead at one point and it's about to be tied as LeBron James is getting fouled here yep going to the line for the ninety nine millionth time yeah um mm-hmm. <laughs> Dell has been a nice wonderful little find. Didn't do jack bleep in game number one, though. Over six from the floor in 24 minutes. That ain't shit, man. <laughs> but he got three assists, so yay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kyrie Irving did play in game one. What am I talking about? But he was playing hurt. It's like he was kind of there and kind of not. He did play in game one, but again, not much of a... He, he barely was a factor in the game. He got his six assists and everything, but definitely not the same guy you'd been seeing. Uh, and, you know, I haven't even been talking about the guy the whole time, Jeff Teague. What a fantastic player he is. I mean, I, I love Jeff Teague. I just love him. He's so good. He's one of the, he's one of the big reasons the Hawks are as good as they are. But unfortunately for them, losing two games at home to start a series in the first time you're in the Western Conference Finals with the Atlanta Hawks, or, well, in, in modern times, they're in the Western Conference Finals with the Atlanta Hawks. It's kind of a shame, isn't it? It's kind of a shame that they were able to 
they were unable to, they're probably not going to get to the finals anyway. We'll see. 94-82, uh, Cavaliers win game two on the road again. J.R. Smith, definitely not the magic man he was in the first game. But, uh, yeah, that doesn't matter because LeBron James just led the way. A near triple-double, missed, missed it by one rebound. And Tristan Thompson is a rebounding machine. So he's kind of like Kevin Love before he was a, a big-time scorer. Like his first two years, remember that when Love was pulling down like a bajillion rebounds, but he wasn't scoring that much? That's kind of Tristan Thompson right now, I suppose. Minus the <clears throat> three-point attempts that Thompson had Love would take. <laughs> okay, he's not like Kevin Love at all, but just, just the rebounding and that's it. And, um, yeah. That's good, though. If he's getting rebounds and playing solid defense with two blocks and all that, fantastic. He's filling the role nicely. And he was a top pick, too. He was a top five pick in the draft a couple of years ago from the, uh, the Sacramento Kings. So, good job to Tristan Thompson. Keep getting the job done there. And LeBron James, again, with a 30-point effort. Fantastic night. Awesome. Uh, Dilladova was really good starting the game. Didn't shoot particularly well, but still was valuable. Hitting shots he needed to. J.R. Smith, again, not nearly what he was the first game. But there it is. And the Hawks just kind of in need of a, in need of a leader out there in that second game. And nobody really led the way for them. And Horford was okay. And that's it. Just 12.6 rebounds? That's not going to get it done. I mean, only 5 of 8 from the floor. I, I don't know. And Jeff Teague didn't shoot well. <sighs> and of course, yeah, of course the injury... <clears throat> to Carroll didn't help either. He was out there playing, but noticeably not the same guy with those with that injury. He, he played, but not as good. And you know, when you have an injured knee, your your defense is not going to be as good as it is when it's healthy. And so, unfortunately, that's a problem for the Atlanta Hawks right there again. Tie game right now in game two. I apologize that I'm recording when the game is on, but I gotta do what I can with the timing. So it just kind of is what it is there. So <laughs> there it is. As of right now, updated predictions. Well, what, what do you think it's going to be? It's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors in the NBA Finals. And, well, I want to pick the Cavs to win, but they're probably not going <laughs> to. Who who knows, though? I mean, who knows? The, the Cavs were, were winning in Atlanta with Willie. I mean, they were getting the job done shorthanded. Who knows what they're going to do it in uh, Oracle? Memphis won in Oracle. Houston didn't. But they almost did twice. So somebody could beat them in Oracle. Might as well be LeBron. And he's been fantastic on the road in the postseason. <sighs> what that series will be, let's just save it until the time comes, okay? I'll, I'll save that prediction. But right now, clearly, Warriors, Cavs, NBA Finals. There you go. Uh, a team that's never won an NBA championship and a team that hasn't won one since 1975. So there you go. It's going to be uh, somebody quite new. Uh, that's cool, but... Eh. I don't know. I, yeah. I tend to lean Eastern Conference with my interest because I, I don't know. I'm kind of sick of looking at these Western Conference teams over the years, the way they always kick the Wolves' butts. <laughs> and call it jealousy all you want. If it's jealousy, it's jealousy. It, it's not really jealousy. I just, you get tired of looking at the same teams. Like, I guess Viking fans are jealous about, of the Packers too then. I mean, I suppose we might as well be. They got four Super Bowls, we got zero. So, I, I don't know. You get sick of seeing the same teams succeed. Uh, even though the Warriors, well, they haven't had major success, but at the same time, they always seem to beat the Timberwolves. Even when they stunk years ago, they still beat the Timberwolves. So, it was frustrating. It just is what it is. Let's wrap this up and get to fan interaction right after this.
we are back, you're on Emerald's Explosion, segment number three, Fan Interaction. Let's roll. Uh, Facebook, again, like I mentioned earlier, type in the search bar, Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves Show, and click on the one that says Company Not Group. Company Not Group, then click like, and post your thoughts, comments, whatever it is, you're welcome to post articles, whatever it is. Heck, if you, even if you want to spam your podcast down there, I'll be willing to oblige you. As long as I like your show, damn it. No. <laughs> Shout out to the Courtside Podcast, as we'll be hearing from those guys, Hank McCoy and Vince Germano, the People's Champ. Yes, sir, we need to record uh, Showtime and T-Wolves as well. But yeah, first of all, the Courtside Podcast, Hank McCoy, Vince Germano, a absolutely fantastic show that I highly, highly, highly recommend. But also on the sportsstuff.com, the crossover, they have just released their show. Uh, they haven't been releasing them super often lately, but there's a new one out right now. I was able to upload it for them on the sportsstuff.com as I'm the Vice President of Operations of that site. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um... Yeah, I was able to upload that. Do check it out. The Crossover Podcast. Very cool indeed. Rusty and PMAC. They're also from Australia. New York Knicks. Brooklyn Nets conversation. The Crossover. Well, Vince is a Laker fan. Hank is a Grizzlies fan. But they're mostly an NBA show. They don't like focus on two teams or one team like this one. But then again, I talk about the NBA as well. I, I branch out. Just like uh, the Crossover. They branch all over the place too. So, Which is good. I mean, it's good to talk about the whole league, not just your team. As much as you love your team and favor your team. That's, yes sir, indeed. I posted an article on the page, which is not Timberwolves related, so <laughs> it's the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler had some tensions marred during Game 6 and during the course of time because, well, gosh, darn it, Derek Rose had been the number one guy in Chicago, but, well, gosh, he was injured for like 900,000 days straight. So, gosh, this, this guy named Jimmy Butler... And pardon me for, me for saying gosh too many times. I'm repeating myself a little bit there. Uh, Jimmy Butler became a number one scoring option for the Bulls during that time. And I don't know, there might be a little tension, a little jealousy. As he just kind of passive-aggressively was like, here, here's the ball, whatever, whatever. And Derrick Rose attempted a very, very minuscule amount of shots. And that did not help the Chicago Bulls win anything. And to me, that's a lot of BS. It really is. I'm not a huge fan of Derrick Rose right now. Haven't been of late. Um, I don't know. I was just noticing something about him. He just doesn't seem like the same guy. He doesn't seem as aggressive. He, and yes, he was injured and this and that. But then you see him make moves and stuff, and it's like it's still there. So what the hell? The ability's still there. It, it, I don't know. He just seems kind of not like the same guy. I don't know what it is, but maybe that maybe that is what it is right there. Damn it, Craig, look at you. You'd like, would love to hear Vince Germano's thoughts. <laughs> look at you, Craig. Now, Craig Walden, big LeBron fan. He was a big Heat fan. He's, I guess he's more of a LeBron fan. Dog on it, but yeah, well, no, I'm a LeBron fan too, to a point. Um, Vince was saying they need to find a balance. Rose would be silly not to defer to Jimmy, but I reckon it's just a storm in a teacup. Craig back and forth. What happened to Rose in Game Six? Did he quit? Vince is saying no, and the conversation continues briefly. Uh, not Tim Rose related, but still good, good conversation between those two guys, without a doubt. Um, yeah, good stuff indeed. I'm not impressed with how things wind up with the Bulls there. But partially, it was the Cavs just kicking their butts as well. And there it is, the article of articles. The Minnesota Timberwolves win the number one pick in the draft. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? Two comments. David Howe saying three number ones on the roster. That's insane. And I agree. Because, of course, it starts at the 20. And it's three in a row, by the way. It's it, it's a three-peat. It's a three-peat. So hopefully the Minnesota Timberwolves achieve a three-peat in the NBA title someday because of all these great players on the roster. <laughs> the first of the three, though, not so much yet. 
But if he develops into a nice power forward, more power to him, and hell yeah, that's probably the weakest position on the roster as of today. It, it is. It was once the strongest part, and that's uh, Timberwolves have a very rich history at power forward if you consider, oh, if you consider, uh, uh, <clears throat> if you consider Christian Leitner a super-duper power forward over the years. Christian Leitner, Kevin Garnett, Kevin, uh, Al Jefferson, and Kevin Love. That's quite a few in a row there. Al Jefferson moving to power forward at one point. So, there it goes. Hmm. Very interesting. Al Horford just ejected. That's not good. And I swear, I swear I just saw <laughs> coach of Atlanta Hawks there flipping off the ref. I uh, hope I didn't see what I saw. That could be a huge problem. It really looked like he was doing that, though. I don't know. Maybe he's just pointing to the monitor. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, a little distracted here. Kind of a game on while I'm doing a show. That's great. And here we go. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm holding it right now. The Miracle Marker. The Miracle Marker. Yeah, you saw it on Facebook, those of you out there. The Tennessee Browns and such. Yes, sir. Love you guys. The Miracle Marker. Okay, well, I'll read what I said up there. Uh, I said the Miracle Marker. Yeah, I said that again. When I work every day, I use a black marker. For the first time ever, and I'm saying this in full sincerity, for the first time ever, I used this blue, I used this blue marker accidentally. It is a bright, kind of a royal blue, like the Timberwolves wear. And for the first time in franchise history, it gives the Timberwolves the number one overall pick. So, my good buddy, Jacob Ombasa, yes, the, uh, one of the, well, yeah, the, the trainer there in, in, in a, where I work, said, take it home, Joey, <laughs> take it home, it's a, yeah, this is, uh, if there's a Timberwolves Explosion Museum, this is going in it. Because, <laughs> what are the odds? I, I grab a, a blue marker out of nowhere and use it all day. And it's just the most beautiful blue color, too. And it works so much better than the black marker. And I used it all day as I was marking things down. And next thing you know, because I have to sign with my initials on every single stint that I uh, uh, inspect after it's good to go... To think that this marker, <laughs> I, I just happened to pick the blue marker the one day the Timberwolves get the number one pick. I had to take it home. It's the miracle marker, man. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to be in the lottery again, but if we are, I'm bringing this marker to work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm bringing this marker to work and I'm using it that day. So there you go. It's a beautiful thing. Comments, comments, comments. What uh, Tanae Brown says, don't ever stop using it. Ha ha. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have stopped using it, have I? Hmm. I probably shouldn't have stopped using it. Oops. No, I'm kidding. And then the pictures, uh, and I didn't really stop. I could use it again. And the pictures right here of the wonderful things that took place. That big number one ball that came out that gave the Wolves, uh, well, it put the Wolves in, in play for the number one pick. Not sure who else had number one on their list because, you know, it's a it's a combination of numbers with the balls where how you wind up uh, getting a number one pick. And there's several possible combinations that will give you that top pick. But that doesn't mean those numbers are going to come out. It's just your odds are better when you're, well, the worst, you had the worst record. You have higher odds. So there you go. I simply say amazing night and the balls that may have saved this franchise at long last. Yeah, and the, these are the ball, you know, the ball right there, the number one ball. That's part of Timberwolves lore for the rest of time. And ultimately, it was the 86th combination possibility for the Minnesota Timberwolves that would give them the number one pick. The numbers 1, 3, 6, and 7. And uh, ultimately, that's what came out. 1, 3, 6, and 7. Um, once number 3 came out, the Wolves already had it, apparently. So uh, that's where the Wolves' odds were best. If number 1 and number 3 came out, 
there it is. The Wolves will get the number one pick. And that was fantastic, where six and seven were ultimately just uh, default numbers that had to be t- taken out anyway, because that's just how the draft works. A wonderful night indeed. This was uh, from an employee of the Timberwolves that knew they'd won the draft lottery well before, at least a good hour before the the uh, the, uh, the whole ceremony took place, or show, show, or whatever showcase took place, where Glenn Taylor felt awfully good picking up his... Uh, <laughs> Picking up his, uh, well, holding that envelope with the big giant Wolves Timberwolves logo card on it. Wonderful night indeed. Yeah, so uh, apparently they they bring one representative for each team inside the office to prove that this isn't a scam and it's not rigged. So there it is. It's it's not. (laughs) All the Timberwolves fans that can say it's rigged, well, it certainly wasn't rigged this year, was it? Who knows what took place way back in 1985 at the very first draft lottery. Well, maybe it was just the next turn, damn it, and it just happened that way. Maybe it really wasn't rigged after all. <laughs> and I do believe a lot of conspiracy theories out there, that some of them actually are a conspiracy, not a theory. But not the NBA Draft Lottery at this point in time. Wonderful night indeed. Unfortunately, there was nobody on Twitter this week. But partially, that's on me for not tweeting all week. I do apologize for that. Well, to get there, simply, well, simply look up at Wolves Explosion. I'll also have it written down in the podcast description on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes and other possible uh, uh, links uh, out there via Double Twist on Android, places like that, probably on Windows even, you know, when it shows up, because it would show up on the in the store in Windows and on BlackBerry and, of course, uh, Double Twist and, and other apps out there. So I'm not sure. I don't think this is on SoundCloud, no, and I probably would be smart to do that, actually get this on SoundCloud as well. We could have a conversation with Dylan about that, but... Yeah, all the information, how to get to the Facebook page and the Twitter will be on there as well, along with the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Hey, call in. We got it. Now we got the number one pick in the draft to talk about for the next several weeks. Call in and give your opinion. More than welcome. Rip Anthony Bennett. Praise Anthony Bennett. Talk about how Dom, uh, Dominique Wiggins. Yep, <laughs> talk about how Andrew Wiggins is the next Dominique Wilkins. More than welcome. Maybe Zach Levine is the next... Um, I, I don't even know yet. Hopefully he's better than J.R. Smith, and I think he probably will be. Hmm. Yeah. I think he'll be better than J.R. Smith, but we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Seems to be much more of a gym rat than J.R. Smith is, though. That's just my point of view right there. Just my opinion. I want to thank you all so very much for listening, and for those of you that retweet the show, like Vince Germano, Tanae Brown, and Kamel Hilton of Toronto, I believe he's, uh, I believe he's on vacation, so that's why I haven't been seeing him lately. But again, a shout out to him if he's listening over where he is right now in vacation. <laughs> if uh, yeah, if you're kind enough to listen to my show on vaca- while you're on vacation, I'm honored deeply. And heck, maybe some of you out there are on vacation right now listening to the show. And God bless you. Thank you very much for your listenership. And for those of you out there that do like this show and are willing to post a review on iTunes, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Three, four, or five stars would be preferred. Two stars is a bit harsh. One star is ridiculous. If, you, if you're going to give Timberwolves Explosion a one star, you're, screw, you're, you're, you're just screw up in the head, I think. There, there's no way this is a one star show. Two stars, too harsh. Three, okay, whatever. Maybe you don't like it that much, and you're free to do that. Maybe you're looking for something else. Maybe you're looking for, for uh, duckies and bunnies, which I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. That seems to be a common complaint sometimes. We're a little bit too hardcore or a little too harsh. But uh, we'll just see where things go with that. If you write a review, tell us what you like about the show. You could even say what you'd like improved. More than welcome, and it's greatly appreciated. 
it's been very quiet on that front lately, and uh, I'm just please. We we need more review re- reviews up there. It only makes the show more attractive to anybody and everybody. But for those of you that do listen and have been have been listening for a long, long time, God bless you and thank you very, very much. We'll be back in a week or two. We'll just have to see what what happens. Maybe some news breaks. I'm not sure really much news is going to break, but I'll try my best to keep up with the playoffs and the finals as we head into that pretty soon here. It probably won't be too long, will it? <laughs> Granted, it starts at the same time, but we'll know what the matchup is probably pretty soon. We'll be back to talk about that very soon. And, yeah, I want you all to have a nice week, or two, or three, or whatever it is. And we'll be back sooner rather than later. <laughs>